Hashtag Tour Beast, hosted by DJ Gregory Thomas. Ladies and gentlemen, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, DJ Gregory Thomas. For some reason, I still feel compelled to say it's your boy every time I get on the microphone. So I'm going to make sure that this is the last time that I do that because I'm ashamed of myself for saying that. You have made your way over to the Tour Beast podcast with DJ Gregory Thomas, GT for some from San Antonio, Texas. Currently, I am in Dalton, Georgia. Where's Dalton, Georgia? I have no idea. I just know it's in Georgia, and that's where I'm at today, and that's where I'm delivering this podcast. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Before we get to the podcast, we are being delivered, brought to you by BPM Supreme. So if you are a DJ, producer, or maybe you just want to download some crazy mixes, you definitely need to check out BPM Supreme. Now, not only is it an amazing website to get MP3s and videos for all your DJing needs, you can also check out the app, man, where it keeps you up to date with uh, the news DJ news, DJ products, things that are coming out uh, on the website. You could check out the different categories. They have exclusive DJs, some of my favorite DJs, even DJ Pomfetti, who's one of my good friends. You can check her mixes out exclusively on BPM Supreme. Uh, Some of the people that are in charge over there are my good friends, so I definitely recommend it. And not just because they're my good friends, but because they have good quality products to check out. We are sponsored by BPM Supreme. I love the product. You definitely will check it out. If you haven't even got, if you haven't been on there for a while, let's say you use someone else, I definitely recommend making the switch. Checking out BPM Supreme, man. Check out the app. You can get the uh, songs that you um, want to get from your phone. If that's how you want to look at it, you can go to it on your desktop and you know just decide what you want to do from there. Uh, They have curated spotlights where you could get some recommendations from some DJs that have put some lists together that might help you get your show ready for that night or maybe uh, you're doing something new you've never done before, weddings, 90s night, whatever you're looking for, man, they got it for you. So make sure y'all check out our partners over there at bpmsupreme.com. Uh, also, they got the BPM Supreme Latino, which is definitely take care of those Spanish songs because I know I don't know any current Spanish songs because where I'm from, we are still playing the same three Selena songs every night. But people love them. Um, so if you need to get up to date, man, leave it to the experts to help you out over at BPM Supreme. So getting into today's interview man um so let's see what's going on man i got one of my good friends uh out here tonight and it is anthony ninja grant and if you don't know who anthony grant is uh he's from san antonio he's been traveling around the world uh pretty much the same amount of time with me man we we started in different places we literally do two completely different things but somehow our uh careers have ran parallel and we end up in the same places doing different things together (laughs) um we're on america's got talent together uh we traveled around the world as hot boys for the harlem globetrotters back in 2000 and 
2007. Um, he's choreographed for a lot of Latin artists uh, all over Texas. Um, man, he's done so many things. It's better if I let him tell it himself. Uh, he has a brand out there, uh, Steady Beast, and that you definitely need to check out. Uh, if you're local in San Antonio, also, you'll be able to purchase those from the site. So definitely listen to the podcast. You can find out how you can get involved in that. During this podcast, though, uh, we're going to touch on a couple of things. Um, talk about autism with kids, uh, type 1 diabetes with kids. Uh, basically, the importance of networking, checking your ego, um, and and your surroundings and people you, you surround yourself with. And, you know, hopefully it makes you a better person. I'm hoping that by the end of this podcast, you know, you might laugh a little bit and also get some things into perspective to help you focus in and dial on uh, whatever your hustle is. You know, you might not be a dancer, you might not be a DJ, but everything that's going to come across on this podcast is hopefully going to benefit you in some way. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and hit you with the Tour Beast podcast starring Anthony Grant, presented by BPM Supreme. All right, so I'm right here with my man, Anthony Ninja Grant. What's up, superstar? What's going on? You know, just doing my superstarness, you know, enjoying my um, celebrity. And uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, man, I, I mean, we have to hang your cape up on the cape rack. Uh, so special order one. Yeah, man, you know the greatest thing about being a celebrity is how humble I am about it. Yeah. And, you know, when people are coming up to me for pictures, stuff like that, mm -hmm, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, it's cool. You can get one for $2, $3 yeah. on a discount. But mm -hmm. then most of the time it's $20, depending on where I'm at, you know? But yeah. I like to be humble about it and just, you know, just be like grateful for all that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, because don't, that never happens. Superhero fees, you have to pay that. Yeah, taxes, royalties and all that stuff that come back to me. But then I got to put it back. Uh-huh. On the bottom, yeah. Yeah, you are truly. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right truly now. an idiot. Okay. Let's go to sleep. All right, what's up? Anthony Grant, man. Uh, I want to welcome you out here, man. We are relaunching the Tour Beast podcast, and I wanted to get into some specifics instead of us just being out here rambling. You know, we could do our part to help people uh, that don't get out and that might mm -hmm. be trapped in a little bubble. So I figured, man, what's the best way to do it than to be out here talking with people that have experienced experiences outside of their little bubble man yes sir so let's start off with tell us about yourself man what do, what do you do what makes you a tour beast man um honestly i feel awkward talking about myself so i just put that out there first um so i might forget a lot of stuff but um man just i've been touring since for the past over 15 years uh, over 15 years and um yeah man just seen a lot done a lot worked with a lot of people been blessed to meet a lot of people make great connections and you know just build and and also experience a lot of things that a lot of people haven't experienced or won't have the opportunity to experience so i feel blessed to do it and i love you know showing other people how to get there or that are on the way um just motivating them to keep going and push forward. So, yeah, man, I guess that's what makes me a tour beast. What uh, how many countries you been to? 
I've been to 50 countries other than the U.S., and I've been to every state in the U.S. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, big 50 time. 50 Big time, you know, yeah. do my thing. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> big time cut himself. Yo, um, <laughs> so I want to say one thing that most people probably don't know is uh, a lot of the times you definitely take advantage of being on the road and you double up, man, and you have been teaching workshops for dance all over the country. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So, as you said, every time I get the opportunity to meet um, different dance studios, different people who dance, um, I love to connect. I love to do workshops. I love to teach. That's a passion of mine, just like performing or anything else. That's a, a huge passion of mine to interact with people that I've never interacted with before and to be able to have the opportunity to work with studios that um, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to, to meet. Um, so yeah, man, every opportunity I get, I'll, I'll reach out to dance studios and, and try to get in the door and try to build and do workshops and teach the kids. And if they like it, I'll come back and yeah, man, I, I love teaching. So it's, it's an opportunity for me and it's an opportunity for them to learn what I know. So it goes both ways. All right. So in the world of dance, like when I met you, it was what, 2000, I met you in 2000 and three i think i've seen you a couple times before you're yeah. definitely the reason why i became an entertainer but we'll go into that a little bit later so that's crazy uh, i always heard dad's ninja <laughs> he's a beast but like how would you describe i guess um your legacy as a dancer um different worlds so i started in the underground scene b-boying popping and um the real uh underground part of hip-hop that are the the actual what i would say real hip-hop um i started doing that winning competitions and and traveling doing that and then i got into choreography and then that allowed me to do more of the entertainment side of it uh, teaching workshops again, taking classes and performing on stage uh, with artists and things like that. So it's kind of two different worlds. And um, man, I don't know. I just, I love both sides of it. And so being on one side where it's about battling, it's about going after somebody, it's about just being the best and, and proving yourself um, and proving yourself to yourself that you can do it and then that pushes me even further and then in the choreography side just going into different competitions trying to win you know still going against people but also performing and being able to to get jobs um doing what i love to do so I, it goes hand in hand on both sides so i love it what do you say what, what do you think that the um that was the best way to phrase this how important is networking and how important is checking your ego when working with other dancers that's a great question um so first um networking networking is super important super important that's one of the probably the main things that you got to do is 
meet people, interact with people, and and gain a a community of of dancers and people who are like you. Because you never know what's gonna happen. You never who's know who's gonna be working somewhere. And through those connections and through the, that networking, that's how you get jobs, and and that's how you know who's who's good to work with, who's not good to work with, um, and you know just keeping that work work ethic going. Um, so networking is huge. That's probably one of the biggest parts of it. Um, what was the second part you said? Ego. Ego. Um, so I put it this way: people who hire dancers would rather work with somebody who's easy to work with but less talented than somebody who's super talented and very difficult to work with and thinks they're better than everybody else. So, And also, you got to realize that there's people all over the place that are either just as talented as you or, or, or better. And so you got to really put yourself in check. And it's good to be confident on it. It's good to say, you know, I can do this, I can do that. But man, there's so many good people and people you don't even know. And as an entertainer, they, they could take your job if if you aren't, you know, it's not just talent. It's personality. It's all that. Professionalism is probably the hugest thing. Like, I feel like oh, in the dance world, it's like, all right, that dude is dope, but he might not show up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like a yeah. majority of people is like, I cannot count on him to show up at all but he is a beast yeah that's one of the things that um you know i know people like that that are amazingly talented but they don't show up on time or um they're like you said before difficult to work with or they got a big ego and you need to check themselves um just being professional man being somebody and i think all of that goes along with being a professional is um, making sure that you are um, holding yourself accountable and you're you're doing what you need to do to maintain a, a certain level where people want to continue to work with you. you it's, it's not enough to be good at what you do or great at what you do. You also have to be professional with what you do. And that goes on all aspects, being on time, um, putting in the work and, and everything else. So let's go into travel-wise. What is the most beautiful place you have ever experienced in the world? Um, I got two. I asked for one. I don't care. Um, for the fun aspect, Dubai was the greatest. Dubai is dope. Dubai was awesome. I, I went skiing in Dubai. <laughs> I got a concussion I went skiing in, Dubai. in a mall in Dubai. Insane. I went um, skydiving over the Palm Islands God, in Dubai. Sh- you're such a show out, bro. man! My first time ever going skydiving, and my first time ever going skiing. And I saw Prince for free. You should have been there. It was dope. Shut up, bro! I was supposed to be with Ninja on this trip, and instead, I said, "I'm gonna stay." There's, look, there was two trips we could have took. <laughs> there was the U.S. tour, which mm-hmm. was longer. And was more money. Yeah. And then there was the weekend. It was like what, like a week? A week in Dubai, which was turned into two weeks. Significantly less money. And I was like, bet, I'm gonna get that money, fam. Mm-hmm, get it. Stayed behind, got that money, missed out on Prince, missed out on Kanye. 
missed out on skydiving. We got a discount too. Oh my gosh. They say, oh, you guys are from America's Got Talent. Yep. Oh, discount, half off. I immediately, I regretted (laughs) that that trip so bad, man. Like, to this day, it was like, I could have saw Prince, and then Prince died. Like, literally right after the concert, he dropped dead and said, this was the greatest concert of my life. He said, I'll I'll never top this, and then that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Kanye West for free. What else did we do? Man, we did so much over there. It was insane. And then we were there, like you said, for a week. And then they were like, oh, do y'all want to stay for an extra week and get paid more? But you're going to have to take these three days off with pay. Uh, Yeah. So we did that. All right, that is the conclusion of our podcast. Well, yeah, thank you very well, much for coming out here. And then, you know, I'm a dancer. So they had the first ever Mighty Four B-Boy Battle Right next to where we were performing. I don't know what any of that. This means. trip couldn't have got any better. That was that was the best trip overall. However, there's another one. That was great. And you were there. I don't remember. Um Tel Aviv. Oh wait, when I was DJing? That ain't the part. That was great. What was the great part? Uh, the great part is we went floating in the Dead Sea. Oh, How yeah. many people can say that? We went to Bethlehem, and we saw where Virgin Mary was born. We saw the whole cross where he had to um, uh, travel with the cross and, and before the crucifixion. All of that, man. Did it you get to go to the amazing. Holy City? We did go to the Holy City. Oh, yeah. See, I, I went on this trip before. Um, I, so this trip, Ninja was in Tel Aviv. Uh, with the company he tours with. And at the time, I just happened to be in Tel Aviv DJing the same week. That's right. I thought you were with us, actually. <laughs> no, I man. I, I was coming from uh, Latvia. I DJed yeah. in Latvia one weekend, and then I jumped from Latvia to Tel Aviv to That's DJ right. for the week. It was really just DJ for one day, and it turned into a whole week of events where it was that was probably my greatest DJ week because awesome. every place was amazing and they treated me like a Real celebrity team. the entire time I was sure. there. That was great. That was, that was hey, a dope trip. Tel Aviv man. is a, an amazing place and it's crazy amazing. because, and I always tell people I'm like, dude, Israel's amazing. And yeah. when you look on the news for your whole life, you hear Israel is a terrible place. They're blowing yeah, things up, is. this, that, and the other. They're always at war. And then you get to Tel Aviv and you're like. This city is popping. The it's clubs are popping. The people are amazing. The beaches are amazing. Nice. I mean, as a foreigner in this foreign land, especially where, you know, there's two groups fighting over, you know, like yeah. one little uh, piece of, you know, the world yeah. trying to decide who owns what. Like, everybody, like, I felt like was I was just a normal person. Like, no one was really, oh, American, this, that, and the other. Yeah. It was like, no one ever... Know. And it's funny, and I always tell people, it's like, once you leave America, you finally realize that things aren't really as crazy as they're made up to be, and everyone is just people. Yeah, the news definitely pushes a narrative and makes things seem so crazy. And going to places like that, that's another thing about just being able to travel is to actually witness and see. And, like, um, even in Dubai, like, I remember we pulled up to this place to go eat, and um, 
the dude that drove us there, he was from um, Abu Dhabi. We were in Abu Dhabi at the time. And the guy who drove us there, we stopped at a KFC. He stopped, he had this car running, doors open. He's waiting inside with us. It's about 30 minutes. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> your, your car's on. He's like, nah, man, it's cool. Ain't nobody going to steal it out here. <laughs> Not ever in anywhere in the U.S. Am I going to leave my car on, windows down, for and be just 30 minutes chilling in a spot? Well, nope. The one thing about the UAE and, like, Dubai and spots like that is they, like, the locals receive money from the government yep. to, they basically reinvest in the people. Um, so they have a lot of money just for being, you know, citizens of mm -hmm. Dubai. So, for instance, if you grab an Uber, you're probably rolling in a, a top Mercedes. line vehicle, you know, for a basic the taxi, Uber. The taxi in, I think that was maybe 2010, the taxi was, uh, uh, and the police cars were BMWs and Lamborghinis. It was so nice. I was in an Uber. Uber was like a $5 ride, man. I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, usually you're paying extra for that, yeah. you know, like Uber Black yeah. or whatever Luxury it is. Or whatever. Oh, man, this is just a basic vehicle, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, man, Dubai. If you've never seen Dubai, I mean, you've seen Dubai in movies, obviously. Um, but the whole, whole city's like that. Uh, big buildings, fancy cars. Yeah. The mall is... Incredible. It's huge, man. We're... Was I with you in Dubai that last time? Mm -mm. You when met you me afterwards. Go, yeah. You met me after London, right? Yep. Okay. So I was in Dubai at the mall. I don't remember. I think it was a holiday because there was fireworks. But I remember I was trying to get out of the mall, and it took me about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And this mall, man, oh, my gosh, man. The mall has literally every brand that you could think of. Yep. They have $800,000 watches, million-dollar watches. Um so I'm trying to get out the mall. I get out of the mall. At least I think I'm out of the mall. And I look up, and there's the tallest building in the world. Like, it's yeah, just I was about to ask you. That's the one next to the Burj Khalifa. Right, it's just and sitting there. I'm like, holy. So I look but up. That's and also like, next to the biggest fountain in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And inside of that mall is the biggest acrylic uh, aquarium. One-plated acrylic aquarium. Yeah, the, the aquarium. The aquarium yeah. is huge, man. Yeah, the aquarium is huge. And, yeah, I also went... Uh, skiing in that uh, in indoor Dubai, and I got a concussion. Got that was my first out. time snowboarding. I was like, dude, I, uh, I, I was to snowboard. I was made for snowboarding in my head, mm -hmm. and also in my head was a concussion. Yeah, yes, because I time. yeah it hurt. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. I went to well, I wanted to snowboard, and something told me to ski. I fell at least a thousand times on the bunny slope. The bunny slope is and what killed me. And then I was like, let me just go ahead and go up the main slope not and to, just go sunny. down. And so uh, I did, and I didn't fall at all. I think the and bunny slope awesome. is more difficult than the regular one. But I think the yeah, ice and the snow, is the snow on the regular one is yeah. normal, like a fluffy type thing. Right, and then right. the bunny slope is like an ice, ice rock. Yeah. And I, I was... I fell so many times. Yeah, had I not already hit my head <laughs> and I couldn't see straight. It was, have you seen Dora the Explorer, the movie? Mm -mm. Uh, Why we, would I have seen that? Because it's awesome. I, oh. I mean, me being uh, a parent, person with no kids, and I just watch cartoons like I actually Secret Life of Pets. 
I did want to watch it. Actually. It's really good. And I didn't watch it. It's like good and terrible at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's a movie you want to take your kids to, but uh, they don't want to or go. a kid to, and they don't want to see it, but you just want to take them so you can see it. That's why I bootleg. Yeah. I watched Secret Life of Pets. You know what movie I'm like? Actually, let me ask you. What movie <laughs> What movie are you? Like, it's like the most embarrassing movie you've ever watched by yourself, but you really enjoyed. Um, I don't know if I'm embarrassed about any of them. But uh, I definitely put on Moana a few times that I was like, oh, uh, Journey wants to see this. And, and my daughter, Journey. And it was really me. I just wanted to watch it. I've never seen that movie. It's a great movie. But she looks just like it. your daughter. I saw the picture on Instagram where you oh, like yeah, dressed yeah. her up Moana for Halloween. Is, and my daughter is the reincarnation of Moana. Yeah, it's a splitting image. My movie is Tangled. I watched Tangled. Tangled's pretty good. I watched it at least three, is better than three or four though. times by myself in my room yeah. and thoroughly enjoyed it. With the lights off. And never mind. All right. um, yeah, Moana's actually better. Who told you? Huh? Huh? I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Um, don't ask me how I got the video. <laughs> um, Moana's better than Tangled, but Tangled's good. I like Tangled, actually. But Moana's better. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of things you said. But we skipped way past all of it. All right, so America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. I was on America's Got Talent with this mm-hmm. guy right here. Actually, you know what? Let me go all the way back to the beginning. I have to go all the way back, back 2000 and, whew, 2003. So 2003, I'm in college, right? I was at UT Arlington, going for a computer science degree, 100% nerded out. Right, programmer, all that stuff. I go to a Spurs game. At the Spurs game, I see some dude tumbling, right? He's got two bangers in his hand. You know what the bangers are? You little things they hand out. You blow them up, put them in your hand. They literally bang when you bang them together, you mm-hmm. know? Little little loud, hollow booms out. Yeah. Great right. name for those. Wish I would have came up with it. Genius. Mm-hmm. So my man, Ninja... Starts running, does a flip with no hands, which at the time for me blew my mind. And then continues to do backflips all the way down the court, banging on the bangers without hands. I didn't know you could Mm. do that. Like I said, blew my mind. At that moment, I look over and I'm like, I could do that. Right, I tell my uh, I tell my stepmom, my dad, I go with them because at the time my dad was with a company that like box seats. So we, when I come in town from school, we'd watch the Spurs, or whatever. And this one day I see that and I'm like, oh yeah, I could do that. I don't so know how to do that. I've never, know, I've never done a flip in my lifetime, right? So continue on with the game, and then all of a sudden some dunkers come out. The Coyote comes out. Um, Ninja comes out dunking, and uh, Paul. Paul Winburn, which was the goat, the goat of, like, man, he was the man. They dunk, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do with my life. Like, at that one moment, that's the moment that defined my whole adulthood. And I was like, holy crap, I could do that. So I look over to them, like, oh, I could definitely do that. Come to find out, right, the next second, the little thing comes up. You want to audition to be a... (laughs) You know, one of the Coyote crew, and I'm like, oh crap! Like, Fake. I think I just might have stepped in it because I just bragged <laughs> about how I could definitely join this team, and yep. then now my stepmom looks over to me and she goes, "That's you. Are you gonna do it?" And I'm like, oh <laughs> crap! I don't even know where to begin how to tumble. What? Like, 
I can't tumble. Uh, at the time, I was, you know, I joined my fraternity uh, at my school. I was dancing and things like that, but I really hadn't completely became an entertainer at the time. So I was, I was in the the beginning stages of becoming a, an entertainer. But I thought I was really dope, and I, I was so cocky back then and so confident that I was, I could do anything I wanted to. So I learned how to tumble, spend some time with um, friends of ninjas, but we weren't ever really <laughs> like friends, but we were like a friend apart from being friends. Yeah. And true. then one day at, from the gym that I ended up working at, that he worked at, even though we never talked. Not at all. I took him home just to find out, oh, wait, <laughs> you live across the street from me. And it was like ever the since that time. moment, like, you know, we just been friends. And then so um, I get him the audition with the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, after that, I bring him with me to Acro Dunk. Uh, in between that time, you know, every time he had opportunities, I would dance with his dance crew. Uh, in between, and we kind of like looked for, uh, looked out for each other back mm -hmm. and forth. And man, we try, like you said, connections, like you said, to keep throwing work. Hey, well, Ninja could do this, or Gigi could do this, and we we're kind of going back and forth, man, for years. I mean, this mm -hmm. is we're Still talking now. about man, seventeen years of looking out for each other, making sure that we both made it as entertainers and. You know, now you're a tour manager, uh, I'm out here DJing and traveling, mm -hmm. and we're literally together, uh, what, 70% of the year darn near, and yep. we never hang out outside of work. Nope. No. Nah. We don't really like each other. I've never, I don't even, I've never been to your house. Yeah, that's crazy. I've been to your house, though, because I'm a real friend, and and friends do that, you know? But I don't even know where you live. I live in New Braunfels. That's crazy. So we live, for those of you listening, we live far from each other. Even though we live in this, well, near the same city, um, we live at least an hour away from each other. Um, but I'm always in San Antonio, so um, I still don't hang out with them just because. I don't blame you. It's, um, you know. Yeah, I, I don't have, I like to stay stuck in my room because I have anxiety issues. It's a whole yeah. lot. A he hangs out in his room and then he says, nobody talks to me. But he doesn't call anybody or, or make an effort. Look, man, I have some serious issues, all right? I want... <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other the podcast. The prophecy of, no one no one cares about me. You want to go somewhere? Nah, man. Nah, bro. But I, I like to be invited. Here. It's good for my self-esteem, <laughs> you know? Like, dude, invite me out so I can tell you no. Yeah. You know, just don't that say That makes it. so much sense. Yeah. So yeah, so with the anxiety, I have some issues, man. Like, like for real. Uh, most of the time, I I don't. I'm very antisocial, but for work, I like to be center of attention. But I also want to be included in things. But then I don't want to do them. Mm -hmm. I'm very selective. So, for, we were talking about this before. So I started trying like CBD gummies um, <laughs> because I I have a problem sleeping because I my mind is yeah. my biggest issue with hanging out is the whole time I'm hanging out, I'm thinking about everything else I should be doing. If that makes sense. It's like, yeah. so when I'm, so at nighttime, all I think about is Going so out. many different oh, things. No, I don't, I don't ever want to go out. I think about so many different things that keep my mind so occupied. I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm up and I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me get, let me lay down. Oh, before I lay down, <laughs> let me design a flyer. Okay, yeah. let me record these podcasts. Okay, right let now. me design the website for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let me make a whole marketing plan for the website for the podcast. Yeah. 
okay, now let me create a whole Instagram mm-hmm. for the website, for the podcast, for and it just can, it continues in my I can't turn my brain off. So I started doing CBD gummies, right? And you're asking mm-hmm. me about it before. You're like, so you does lazy. that work, bro? I took a CBD gummy and I was done because I don't I don't <laughs> smoke weed. You know, I don't do like I don't even drink. You know what I mean? So I had a CBD gummy and I was just like. That's it. My eyes, so, my eyes were open, but they were closed, <laughs> and my brain <laughs> completely shut off. And it was the first time that nice. I was really like, "Wow, like I'm not <laughs> anxious, not I'm not anything. stressed out." Yeah. So, so I bought like a little uh, a vape pen, and I was like, "Dude, I'm about to." This is, you know, it was like a nighttime one. I was like, you know, maybe this will help me better than the other thing, and because mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I really, I mean, like I said, I don't smoke, I don't drink. It really. I've always had that negative stigmatism where I'm just not gonna like. Is it stigmatism? Yeah. Stigma. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my stigma. I can't see either. Um, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't gonna say anything. Obviously, right. I've been with the pin. Nah, so <laughs> I've had the pin this whole time, and uh, <laughs> and then I just learned how to use it today. So I've been not You've been trying it the last twelve weeks. Yeah, for six months I've had it. <laughs> And I'm like, man, this thing's lasting forever. It's because I actually haven't been smoking it. I've really just been doing absolutely nothing. And it just now works. So I don't know if you know, also, it doesn't go in your nose like you were doing earlier. You're not supposed to do that. I don't even know what you were trying to do, but that's not it. Well, we've upgraded because I originally used Mm -hmm. that as a suppository. Oh, yeah. well, I'm glad I didn't see that. Yeah, man. Uh, And that's where Pink Eye started. That's true. So, so you have been out here, and now I know. Yeah, it literally came from. That okay, so uh, <laughs> tell me about your brand, man. Uh, so oh, that's the segue. Yeah, uh, pink eye. And gave your everybody brand. pink eye. So let's talk about your clothes. Yes. All right. Go ahead. Tell me about what? your brand. <laughs> your brand. Right, you, so, you're wearing your hoodie right now, bro. man. That is the worst segue ever. We got to work on this. But anyway, uh, so my brand is... Actually, you know what? We're going to take a break. All right, that's cool. Uh, and when Whatever. we come right back, he's going to tell me about his brand without the uh, suppository. This, this is why we don't hang out. Yep. All right, we're back, or I'm back, with Anthony Grant Ninja, B-Boy Ninja. All those names. Yeah. They're all me. Same person. Wait, why do they call you Ninja. Um, and I who used to is live they? in Japan, and um, I used to live next to a guy named They, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a weird guy. But you know, did he touch you inappropriately? Uh, we, I told you we'll talk about that next time. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, but so yeah, man, I used to just do um, martial arts on a lily pad, actually on a pond. Okay. And then they were like, "Yo, that's like some ninja stuff," and I was like, "Y'all call me ninja." And then they, who was the guy that lived next door to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he what was the last name? Yeah. Hmm? Huh? What? Okay. All right. All that was a lie. You, um, you just wasted a whole 40 seconds. Yeah, our, man. That's what I do. Listeners that's what I'm good at. Wasting time. Um, so they call me Ninja because that was just a neighborhood nickname that I got from um, being a backyard tumbler and trying to kill myself, I guess. Putting mattresses outside of next to my house and jumping off the roof and doing flips and just, I don't know, man. I just tried a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I tried a lot of stuff. My mom used to hate it. I would say, mom, look at me. And I had no training, but I'm doing standing tucks off my porch. Um, 
I probably shouldn't have did that. I was in elementary, I believe. My first round off back handspring, I was in the street. Not not the grass. I was in the street. I watched gymnastics and I was like, I could do that. Kind of like you did. And I did it. Yeah, <laughs> Which is the crazy squinty. thing. I did it. Um, so you, you know the last time I did, a, I did a backflip uh, as a kid? Because you know as a kid, like, you obviously learn how yeah, to do you, flips. And your you friends are like, dude, you know, you're in the bed. You're like, do a backflip yeah. on the bed. Yeah. That's what you do. So after I learned how to do backflips on the bed, the last time I did a backflip and what traumatized me to not do backflips until I was like 20-something, I was on a pool. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do this backflip. Yeah. And I went up. And then I did half a backflip. Mm. And then I came down. Mm-hmm. Onto yeah, the yeah. edge of the pool. <laughs> and I was like, yo, know, that was probably, I'm pretty sure that was a concussion. Yeah, that might have been my yeah. first concussion. And that was the last time. Like, I didn't even want to, like, jump backwards for a good <laughs> 10 years of my life. Don't blame me. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that never happened to me. Yeah. That was, you know, uh, some people have talent, some don't. Yeah, I was really talented at having uh, a bad mm. childhood. So, that didn't happen to me, but um, I did hit my head multiple times on my porch that I would do flips off of. And then I decided I need to get better at this. So <laughs> I would literally walk around the neighborhood and anybody who lives or grew up with me can tell you that I'm not lying. We would walk around the neighborhood, find old mattresses mm-hmm. that were thrown out and we would take them to my house and stack them up. And jump off the and, roof. And jump off the roof. Yeah. And, and then we would also we would do flips on side. Like just like that was our trampoline. That was the ghetto trampoline um, that we had. And uh, man, that was probably so dirty and not good for health or anything. I don't know what the. It was had, funny because you, you probably never got sick. I didn't. I bet you if you did that now, you would probably uh, I'd, I'd die. Probably die. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to catch old, that. Your that, whole left uh, side, Corona. Yeah, that Corona. Not the beer. Is that a beer? I feel like a lot of people, I if like it corona. was based on the beer, San Antonio would be wiped off. Oh, it's done. Like the face of her. Done for. Yeah. It's definitely not having to do mm. with beer. All right. No, that's good to know. Yeah, now the Dosa Keys virus is really getting a lot of people. Bro, that Heineken. Man, oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people yeah, going it's off on that, man. Yeah, they gotta really fix that guy and get some vaccines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe CBD in the butt. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. Back to your brand. <laughs> you can't keep segueing into my brand. Hey man, I was your dang CBD. No, bro, that wasn't that. It was a suppository, you know. What yeah. I mean? So, what else do you want to talk about? I was trying to talk about. <laughs> hey, man, you need to focus, all right? Okay. It's one a.m. Okay, go, go. it is. Well, well it's one a.m. in some places. Mm, here. Yeah, this is the place where it's one a.m. Okay, um, let's go. Yeah, I've literally been trying to get you on the podcast for like two weeks, but you like to work when it's time to yeah. not work. So, similar to you and your problems, although I'm not going to charge CBD, um, mm-hmm. I don't sleep either, which is why it's 1 a.m. and we're both here. And after this, I'm probably going to go do some more stuff. Um, you watch some movies? No. Netflix? No, I'm going to go downstairs and YouTube. Treadmill. Um, or um, 
watch the every, every YouTube video about what's going on in politics right now. Um, but uh, let's talk about my brain because that's cool. Mm-hmm. My brain is very good. Um, anyway, what, what was your question? Oh, MG. Who I need cares? you to focus, okay? Look, All right. Maybe you I have a brand. CBD. Your brand is called Steady Beast, right? It is. Now, I've noticed that most of the people that have your brand have been um, dancers. You've been, you've been mm-hmm. uh, selling to a lot of uh, your your studios, your workshops, yep. things like that, uh, other entertainers. Mm-hmm. Um, what basically does your brand stand for? So, um, two different things. One is I wanted something that didn't just represent dance, even though, like you said, a lot of dancers have it. That's the community that I'm around more. So, of course, a lot of dancers are going to have it. But um, it's for anybody, man. It's for anybody who steady beats and represents somebody who pursues their dreams, puts all their effort into their goals, and um, really focuses on on moving forward and what they want to do in life. So that could be um, working out. That could be dance. That could be basketball. That could be whatever your passion is and just driving forward towards that passion and also motivating other people to do the same thing. So that's what steady beasting is. It's beasting in steadily beasting in whatever you do. Um, and so that's what it, it really represents. And, um, second, I wanted something that people really wanted to wear. Like I didn't want it to be something that they're just supporting you. Like I'm yeah, going like, to buy that just because I'm your guy. Supporting me. I want you to, I want it to be, like you like it you genuinely genuinely want to wear the shirt and it's something that you would look at in your closet and be like i'm gonna wear that today yeah yeah um all right all bs aside why do you think that you're the man because i'm dope Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i'm not the man but i i want to be just somebody who's inspirational um somebody who helps other people i don't um, there's a lot of people in, in higher positions that just are satisfied with where they're at. And I want to be somebody who um, not only inspires people, but helps bring them to where they're at. Um, I, I like to say I'm a stepping stone for, for people um, to, to get where they want to go. Like, if I can help you, why not? And I wish more people were like that. I've been around a lot of people who are successful that they're just worried about themselves. And that's just not who I am. So, you know, I'm not the man, but I might help you be the man. Yeah, and I've personally seen you, like, all right, for instance, you know, we went to the gym the other day, uh, you know, gymnastics gym, and there were, man, how many kids would you say were in that gym? At least, at least 30. There were 30 in that gym? There were no 30 kids in that gym. At least 52 of them. Okay, so it was about I might twelve. Be it was about twelve. It was kids definitely in that. more than twelve, though. It was twelve and let's beans. go with eighteen. Okay, so twelve. Uh, yeah, okay, there are twelve kids in there, and the whole time, you know, we really went there to get our own workout, and I felt like the whole time it was like a teaching experience. You taught yep. two adults mm-hmm. how to fix their tumbling. You know what I mean, yep. like. So I could definitely get where you, you know, just for the viewers and people listening that that have no idea, like. You saying that you're a seven, so you helped me 
fix my tumbling because I learned at such a late age and then I just kind of rushed in there to mm-hmm. be able to get it done for work. Uh, you fixed my tumbling. You helped me become a, a cleaner dancer mm-hmm. uh, for all that. You know, and that was early on in, in my career and I was already an entertainer. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't need you, at right. least in my head, because right. I was already there. But because I work with you, you made me an even better yeah, uh, performer. Good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, more marketable. Be, you can never be too good, is what I think. Somebody always, even if it's somebody maybe under you, they might be able to teach you something. That's just the way that I look at a, a lot of stuff, man. Like, it, somebody... I can learn something from anybody, whether it's learn how to be better because they're not good <laughs> or learn how to be better because they're so much better mm-hmm. um, or learn how to um, just do something that I didn't think about even doing. Like, And I take that in all aspects of my life. Like, uh, From what I do now as a tour manager, I learn from other tour managers like, oh, man, I like that or, oh, something, he's doing this and... I think that's good. Like, let me let me try that. Like, I always like learning. I like growing, and I can always be better. If I ever think that I'm too good, that's when I'm gonna fall off. You know. Yeah. Um, let's talk credentials. What have you done? And don't forget the big mm. stuff because you don't like talking about yourself. <laughs> I hate talking about myself. Well, um, this is the worst place to be if you don't like talking is, about man, yourself. It is. Um, I've done a lot of stuff. I, like I said before, I've been blessed to do a lot of stuff. Um, one thing that we were talking about earlier is um, I've been on Soul Train. Like before it went off air, before Don Cornelius passed away, he actually put me in the Soul Train line for four episodes. I danced in the Soul Train line on Soul Train. Um, that's something not a lot of people can say that they've done. Um, I've danced for KRS One. That's one of my. Uh, Big inspiration. Um, man, I've danced for um, Talib Kweli. That was the greatest concert um, that I've ever performed at. I, I've been blessed to dance with a lot of people. I've been blessed to work with a lot of people um, all over in different genres from Latin, uh, dancing for Lecrae uh, with, on the gospel. Actually, I danced for Lecrae. He's a gospel rapper. Um, and we danced on the Dove Awards in Atlanta. And so that's like almost like the Emmys for uh, gospel artists. It's, it's a big award show. And he was the first um, hip hop artist to ever perform on there. And I danced with him on that on that show. Um, man, just a lot of stuff. Spurs? Spurs, the Globetrotters. Um America's, man, got, America's talent. got talent. See, I be Come forgetting on, stuff, man. man. I'm forgetting so America's sorry. Got Talent. We almost won, bro. We almost won America's Got Talent. That's crazy. My dad was there. My uh, future wife was there. I'm uh, still slightly depressed about America's Got Talent. That was I'm 11 not. years ago. You know how great that was? First of all, we know this. Uh, a variety act like ours we are is the never going to win. Ever. Oh, sorry. That's not what you think. What was it? We were the greatest yeah, ever. We were the greatest ever. Yes. I mean, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. You can look that up in Google, mm-hmm. and it'll tell you um, because I wrote it on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, make sure man, y'all, y'all YouTube is Acrodunk America's Got Talent. Okay, go ahead. On the second time, 
<laughs> but uh yeah man so that was a great experience so the reason i don't consider that a failure is one we got as far as we did two when they did the casino tour after that we were the only act that did not make the top 10 that they brought back <laughs> because they knew how good we were and we, and we were also, opened and closed that show we opened and closed that show and um with my when, man jerry springer when we got when we got uh cut Piers Morgan, who was the, uh, who's the, the main? Simon Cow. Simon Cow. He was the Simon Cow of that time, was surprised that we got cut and, and made a big deal about it. And uh, Nick Cannon said we were his favorite, even though he didn't want to pick anybody. He was like, but Acro Dunk. <laughs> um, man, it was, it was just a great experience, good exposure. Um, and it allowed people to see that that what we do is is work and what we do is worth something and what we do and what we put our our passion in and our our all of our energy into is for something because that changed a lot of people back at home who used to say uh you know get a real job and then like i always say when this fake one stops giving me real checks that's when i'll quit Big facts. Yo, a funny thing about America's Got Talent, like, I think the the funniest thing for me was when we're on the show, I read everything on the internet. So, like, <laughs> you know when they're like, don't read the comments? Yeah, you're not supposed to read the comments. I read every comment. There was not they were all one, good, though. There was not one comment that I, like, I'm talking everywhere. YouTube, at the time, MySpace, yeah. Facebook, like, yeah. everywhere. Every news article and I remember that there was one magazine that immediately was like, these guys are just a halftime act. We've mm -hmm. seen it before. There's no way they could top next week. And then yeah, next we week did. came. And they were like, oh, these guys just blew me out of the water. But they, <laughs> there's no way they could beat this next week. And then we and then came we and smashed it the next time. And then they are like, oh, my gosh, man, these guys got to make the top ten. And then we didn't make it there. Like, I can't believe these guys didn't make the top ten. I'm like, bro, like. From one to another. I remember then I read every YouTube comment on every video that was ever posted. Bro. And the funny thing is, like, back then, it they didn't want us on social media. And now mm -hmm. it's like they'll put your social put media on, on your, yeah, on your, your tagline. Yeah. And it's like. I would find every video and I would read all the comments. I remember like the funniest comment was about G Man and them calling him Sparkles. <laughs> he wears he wears a blinged out wristband. Oh, they call right. him Sparkles. That's, right. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I hope he listens to this. He will listen so to it. So he never forgets. If you run into G Man at a dunk show, uh call him Sparkles. He's also <laughs> the the horse for the Michelin dunk shows. I just gave out the magic. Yeah, that's horrible. It's not my problem. That's against mascot regulation yeah i don't care all right so um, when we come back after this quick break um we're gonna talk hopefully angel lets me talk about it but we're getting to uh, uh diabetes with talk about whatever you want. children mm -hmm. so we're gonna get into that and we'll be back hollow all right, we are back. I got my man, Anthony Grant. I just realized I think I've been talking to this microphone wrong the whole time, so hopefully it doesn't sound like crap. Uh, so, right. yeah, man, so we're back. And uh, let's talk about your kids, man. Uh, you mentioned your kids. I mentioned your daughter earlier. Uh, you got two boys, yeah. and you've been literally touring since 
let's say 2006 that you've Forever. really been on the road road yeah, uh, on and off two, on and off yeah right 2005 2006 yeah 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 so maybe earlier so tell us about your kids how old are you kids man i got 19 year old marine he's in kuwait right now Ooh. yeah um, he's fine i'm not um, does it stress you out uh thinking about that and then also thinking about 45 at the same time um yeah because <laughs> i don't know what's gonna happen and again, he's fine. He he wants to do stuff and just has the mentality of everything that's going on over there. Like mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, man, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't go anywhere. You know, yeah, just you, hang out. you, you being a parent. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad, and I, I don't want him to get hurt, and I don't want to get a flag. So yeah, for sure. I want him to, you know, like why don't you just go chill? You know, just uh, hang out and um not really go to war at all um so i hope everything boils down and he's already in the middle east so i hope he doesn't get extended out there he should be coming back soon just do his time and get out of there and get that check yeah do some do some desk duty that's what i want that's not what he wants yeah he's probably gonna be he's gonna be a lifer and then retire and then get them 20-year benefit hey man he's on the right track yeah man um then i got my son blake he's 16 and that's my little, that's my little man right there. My inspiration. He's not little anymore. He's almost taller than me. Yeah, he's a grown man. Yeah, he, he's definitely grown. Um, but he's still my little man, my inspiration too. So Blake has autism and he has diabetes one. Funny thing about your son, his whole childhood, I thought he hated me. And come to find out, he was autistic. But, I mean, <laughs> and he hates me. So yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> I was about to say, let's not, you know, cut cut that part because that's probably the main part. He doesn't like you. Yeah. And then also, he has autism. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah I remember he was just kind of look at me yeah, like, "Yo, he does not want to talk to me at all." And I like, and I really took it personally for like the I don't know for <laughs> so long. I was like, I don't know why a ninja son does yeah, not funny. like me. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was just shy. He's totally different now, man. It's crazy. Um, so, like we were talking about dance and stuff. I was... See, I forget a lot of stuff I did. So, I choreographed for a... Um, for family... Dollar General, actually. I choreographed a thing for a Dollar General corporate event. Um, which was actually really cool. And they get they gave my dancers shoes... Um, paid really good, but anyway, um, they get paid in ones. I had my kids, yeah, all ones. They gave us gift cards, five dollar gift cards. We could get anything, you know, five dollar gift cards. There was like Christmas. Yeah, you millionaire. Um, that was a shopping spree. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I took my son to actually pick up the check, and uh, man, just seeing him go in there in a professional setting. And actually, without me prompting him, shook everybody's hand and spoke to everybody. To me, that was like, man, like, like the stuff that he's doing and and the growth that he's having is is tremendous. And and now he's at a school for autism, so like specifically for autism, yeah. which for to me as a, a parent, um, it's huge. I didn't even know they had those in San Antonio. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but um, his mom found one, which I'm so grateful for because 
one of my main concerns is like, okay, he's about to go to high school. Like I know how high school kids are. Yeah. Like if somebody's different, um, and it could be anything really in high school. Yeah, you have a bad haircut. Yeah, you you get just, a bad haircut. Yeah, it's, it's the over. end of the road. <laughs> and so I know how that goes, and so I was kind of worried. Uh, but man, she found that, and and he's doing great, and it's helping him learn better and helping him grow. So man, I, I love it, and I. I I would hope anybody who um, goes, you know, has a kid with autism, something look look into that because it's, it's 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 dope. How how difficult? And I'm speaking as a diabetic. How difficult is it to care for a child that is autistic and diabetic? Because I know me as a diabetic, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. And as a, like, I got diabetes when I was four, and um, I mean, I'm still a terrible diabetic now. So I can't imagine being young and not being able to express my feelings. Yeah. Um. You know, because of, of an illness um, that that affects you that way, um, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it myself. You know, and and I'm completely capable of being able to tell you how I feel, but it, it, you don't really understand it. Um. So how hard is it to be able to really take care of somebody when they aren't really able to tell you exactly what's going on um, with their body, like you know, as you know, quickly as as you might need to be able to to no, fix, to it. fix yeah, it. it. Yeah, to to fix their problem. Um, honestly, it's just as about asking more questions, um, checking up on them, and um, just making sure. I ask them all the time. What? I ask them all the time. Like, uh, really? I ask them all the time. How are you feeling? Or, hey, we need to check. And being di- uh, with diabetes with type one, um, he's taking shots every time he's eating, and so a lot of times I'll just have him check it just because he can't tell me. So I'll just have him check his uh, glucose levels and make sure. Okay, is, is he high? Is he low? Because he, he, you know, he more than likely not going to tell me but he actually does a really good job with saying you know he feels good um you know just kind of keeping track on that so it's not really an issue but um i guess the mom can speak on it more she takes really good care of him and also though being autistic he only likes certain foods so he's not out there trying to grab a whole bunch of sweets and stuff like that. He's, I was. <laughs> see, but, they like bland foods. <laughs> they like things of a certain. If it's like a bland color, like waffle or something like that, that's that's what he likes. So it's a little easier because he's not really into all the sugar stuff anyway. You know, it's funny in my my predicament. Uh, I did not like candy. As a kid, right? So I, well, mm-hmm. me personally, I don't even like chocolate now. Yeah. Uh, I really don't care much for candy, but the fact that I can't have it makes you want it more. Makes me want it, and I eat it. I'm like, <laughs> why am I eating this? I don't even want this <laughs> crap. Like this. I, like, sometimes I grab like, oh, man, I got Snickers. I'm like, mm-hmm. having these Snickers. I'm like, why did I do this? Now I gotta take a shot. I don't even like chocolate. Like, why am I doing this to myself? This stuff's not even good. You got to because you can't. It's forbidden. Hey man, let me tell you about this one time, right? So. When I was little, especially like when I lived with my grandparents, like me and my dad lived with my grandparents. Like mm-hmm. when I was, I don't know how old I was. It doesn't even matter. The fact is, I wanted 
some Chips Ahoy so bad. And they had like this little jar, you know, like the old little jar, little, little pop top, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, they used to keep it up high, right? So I'm like, I made this whole plan. I'm talking like military grade plan to get a Chips Ahoy cookie. <laughs> so I get up, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm gonna get this cookie. I, I creep up. I know where all the cracks are on the floor. So I could walk across the floor. And I'm like, all right. You know, like making sure I don't like hit us. Yeah, Indiana. bro. I had to like, you know, throw my hat. I could pick up the little thing at the same time. Yeah. So the weight is off. So the whole place doesn't come crashing down. Parkour before parkour. Oh, man. I did. Yeah. So I, I make it all the way to the kitchen and climb up on the counter. Get the jar out, right? But I got to leave the, the, the cabinet open a little bit, you know, because yeah. I don't want it to go. You know, yeah. so I just opened it. So I was going to put it back. So, so I get, I get the jar, I climb down, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a cookie. So I kind of like grabbed it, like imagine like you know, little me, uh, probably like eight at the time. I got like the whole, the jar is at least a foot, right? Like it's a foot <laughs> worth of Chips Ahoy cookies put in this jar. I am eating the cookies like, and I'm and it's two o'clock in the morning. My grandparents wake up, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm caught. <laughs> so I continue eating the cookies because I'm like, yo, if I'm going out, I'm going out. Oh my gosh, bro. And they're searching around the house. I'm like, how did they even know I was even in the kitchen? Like, who gets up at two in the morning is like, like they have sensors going on. I mean, it's like 1994 at the time. Like, dude, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they find me like tucked away in like the dining room. Like, not the lift. Like, not, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm. Bro. I'm. I got the whole jar, bro. <laughs> my arms are. <laughs> I already knew I was caught, so I was just like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, <laughs> "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> the worst part was I got in trouble so bad, man, and I didn't even really like the cookies that much, but I just wanted them. <sighs> stale cookies. Still, grandparent what if, cookies. What if it was like a been setup? There for a year. What if it was like they weren't they even knew like you were gonna get them? Just like we, we tricked you, they're sugar-free cookies. We knew you were weak. You know, what <laughs> <laughs> you're weak you just like your daddy. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, that's I, crazy. Yeah, that was that's like, pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. They they just. It always happens. They catch you me literally doing everything. Caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, man, my hand was in the cookie jar. It was worth it. That, that's a depressing story. It. Uh, you want me to tell you about the time? Nope. <laughs> you, I gotta tell about the time about the kid with the speech impediment. Nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> Cause you're gonna lie and make it worse. Am I the type of person that would lie about? Yes. Okay, you're right. Yeah, all the time. Okay. So, anyway, so yeah, we're, we're going to come right back. When we come back, uh, we're going to finish are. everything up, man. I might tell about the story. No, you're not. Okay, I'm not going to tell that story because Ninja won't let me. But I will tell you guys. Lie. He's it, a liar. It's not a lie. It's complete. Look, man, let me get to my little outro here, though. So, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about um, really the importance of networking and the things that you could do with networking um, and let Ninja talk a little bit about it. So, we'll be right back. Oh, man, we're back. Ninja still won't let me tell you the story about the kid, man. Uh, I have to tell it one day. I actually, you know, I did my first stand-up at uh, Northeastern Oklahoma. I actually closed my whole one-hour special stand-up with the speech impediment joke, mm -hmm. and it shut the house down. 
Yeah. I'll let you tell it. Just know that this is partial truth and partial lie. It's 100% true. To him. Okay, so look, this is what happened, right? I'll tell you what parts are true. Me <laughs> me and G-Man, Gregory Mueller, were out of school. Ninja was there, right? So we're, we're tearing everything down. We just did a, a dunk show for the kids. The kids are leaving the gym. One kid stays behind and has a conversation with me and Greg. Okay, so me and Greg are breaking stuff down, and she's talking to us and talking, and then we're like, man, she's kind of got like a weird little accent thing going on, and she says, uh, oh, well, you know, my brother hit me in the head with a toy truck, and now I have a speech impediment, so that's why I sound like this. And we're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. I understand. At the same time, here comes Anthony Ninja Grant (laughs) walking into the gym. Cause mm-hmm. he went, he went to the, the the trailer to put some stuff up. So he was gone for about five minutes. When he walks back into the gym, he sees me, Greg, and the little girl. And the little girl's like, "Hey, I really enjoyed the show, and I just wanted to say hi." And, and Ninja proceeds to say, "Hey, what a nice little accent you got right there. Hello, Governor. Cheerio. I'd like to see the Queen." <laughs> and then me, me and Greg are like. No, 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 wait. No, 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 no. We're trying to, like, kick him. And he's like, what? what's so funny over there? You guys have something to say? And he's just making fun of this poor little I'm innocent girl with this poor little speech impediment. And after he got done, like, pretty much tearing her down because, mm-hmm. you know, she really couldn't defend herself, mm-hmm. she kicked him in the, in the shin and said, I have a speech impediment, asshole, and then left. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened that day. Yep, yep that was... That's that's what happened. Yeah, uh, that definitely did not happen. But you know, parts of it are true, parts of it aren't. I like accents, and it sounded like she had an accent, but that's about it. I ain't say anything, and I definitely didn't get kicked. <laughs> did she kick you hard? <laughs> Man, see, this is the thing you guys got to know about GT. He's gonna take a story, and he's gonna turn it up to a thousand. Just to make it sound good, and it's gonna be funny, and nobody's gonna listen to you tell the truth, so it's okay. You just gotta let them go, and that's the, the way. Truth it is. Matter, the, the truth doesn't matter, man. The only thing that matters is the story compelling. That's true. That's a compelling story. See, I can't even say nothing on it because it sounds like it could have been true. And even if I'm wrong, I'm I right, right because I could have been right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. I feel you. Famous words from Terrence Howard. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> that movie inspired me. Get rich or die trying. <laughs> I lived my whole life by that movie. <laughs> All right, man. So, so we were talking about networking earlier, man, and the importance of networking. Do you want to speak on that, man? Like, and and as a tour beast, I can personally say I wouldn't have ninety percent of the opportunities that I've gotten if I didn't speak to people, mm-hmm. put myself out there and continue to communicate with people that I met to harvest these these connections that have mm-hmm. turned into profitable um opportunities. Right. I think it I think it's um basically important not only to do that and and the networking but also just 
um, like I was saying earlier, maximizing on your opportunities. So, like right now, we're on tour. We could be satisfied with being on tour. We're making money. We're seeing the world. We're traveling. But what are we doing right now? We're doing a podcast. What else are we doing? He's making shirts and, and sweaters, and I'm also making shirts and sweaters. Um, so we call it the Beast Brothers because for some reason, um, we both had the same idea to have something with the word beast in it. Uh, I had been thinking on it for some years, and I think he probably had did the same. And then also, he's doing all the DJing stuff out here, and I'm doing all the dance stuff and making connections through that. So, you know, never feel complacent and never feel like what you're doing is it. Like, always look for that next thing. And I think that's what keeps us motivated. That's what keeps us moving and probably what keeps us up at night. But, um, you know, it's just something that I think is important. And I think, you know, as an entrepreneur and as somebody who just wants to grow and personally and and in business, you got to definitely not only keep those networking to the utmost, but you also got to push yourself to be better and try to find different opportunities and different ways that you can utilize your skills and, and maximize on the things that you have around you and the blessings that um, maybe you don't see, but will come up next time. Like you said, he's got gigs off of different things, just talking to people. And I know I've had the same and anybody who's successful um, will have any story like that as well. So, I mean, you just got to push yourself. And I think it's good for for us. Like he said, he motivates me to do more and um, it might go vice versa. But if it doesn't, then I'm motivating somebody else to do something as well. Um, and, and then they'll in turn motivate me once they start doing stuff. So. Well, one thing I'm going to say. And it's not for you because cause I know you know. But uh, for anybody listening, man, surround yourself by people that are going to push you. I mean, you're, everyone's relationship should be a push-pull situation, but it should be equal. Mm -hmm. uh, you push them to be greater, and then when you're not there, they pull you to their level. Right. Um, I'm around Ninja, man, a lot. And we have two completely different hustles. But when it comes to it, man, business is business. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been blessed just to, my background is, is more on the marketing tip. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I've been a graphic designer, programmer, done the web thing. And, you know, my skill set has a lot to do with computers and just being able to put my brand out there and branding and whatnot. And that's kind of what I have to offer a lot of people is, you know, hey, man, let me talk to you about how you could get it out there. Let me um, help you with the designing. Let me give you some pointers and this, that, and the other, man. And Ninja, as far as networking, there's a 90 times this year where he's been like, hey, man, I told this dude about you being a DJ this day. He runs a radio station. He already put you in connect. I'm like, yo, bro, I appreciate it. Like, <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, I, I know I don't really do my part on going up to people and just selling myself so much anymore. I'm more I could give you my uh press kit and mm -hmm. it'll speak for itself more than i'm just gonna come up to a stranger and then be like hey let me tell you about myself because i've always mm -hmm. hated being that person but in business that's like you, you know, know do it, that's yeah. a huge percentage of how you 
you know, connect with people just to be able to, like, the gift of gab, just to be out there and be like, let me talk about myself. Like, just like you, I hate talking about myself, especially to strangers. Because I know when someone comes to talk to me, I'm like, bro, I don't want to hear it. But mostly mm-hmm. people want to talk to me when I'm DJ. Like, hey, I'm a DJ. I'm like, oh, cool. Three. Can I finish my set? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm still on the turntable. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just doing something right here. Um, I forgot where I was going with that because I got sidetracked by that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, see, if you're, if you're listening to this with my guy right here, man, push yourself and surround yourself. That's what I was talking about. You got to surround yourself with people because, you know what, we could easily be at the club every night with everybody around us, you know, we can get drunk, mm-hmm. sleep our nights away, at the end of the tour decide, all right, man, now let me get my stuff together. Or we could hustle while we're out here and make the best of the time and, and try to capitalize on it. And I think that's why me and you are friends because there's a difference between the two types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay to enjoy yourself. It's okay to be like, hey, man, let me go out and you know have you a good time. Sometimes. Yeah, but I mean... When you have nothing to show for your time out there, then you just wasted it. And you'll spend more money partying when you can invest that money in yourself, and it'll continue to make money for you. Yeah, because you never know how long it's going to last. You never know um, how long anything you do that you might be on that road for for the meantime and, and pulling in money. And then who knows what's going to happen, with, especially within entertainment, the next time. Um, even in, even if you work in an office, something like that, you got a great job. There, things happen. Something the company falls, which has happened plenty of times to plenty of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you got nothing after that. So you got, like you said, you got to continuously surround yourself. I surround myself with people who make me feel like I'm not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. I surround mm-hmm. myself with people who are pushing the limits constantly. And and seeing what else they can do and what's the next thing and what's the next thing and and not that they're not satisfied with what they're doing but they're just constantly reinventing and constantly doing things that man I can't tell you how many times I've, I've sat at home and been like man I'm not doing anything when really I'm <laughs> doing twelve things yeah yeah but the the guy next to me he just did something I wish I could have did and I'm wondering why I didn't do that or you know, he's doing, I'm doing 12 things, he's doing 15 things, and I'm looking at myself like, man, I, I got to push harder. And I that's feel the like, kind of people that you want, positivity around you. I feel like I'm in a constant state of envy. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do, I, I, like you said, dude, I got so much stuff going on at the same time. There's stuff I'm, I should be doing right now that I'm not mm-hmm. doing because I'm doing this. But, and I'll sit there and see somebody do something, and I'm like, God, why can't I have that opportunity? You know what I mean? But I'm out here traveling the world, but I'm still like, okay, now how do I get to their level? You know, and that's that's the stuff that keeps me up at night, bro. Like, I can't sleep because I think... I understand. No matter what level I get to, there's always another level, and I'll never be happy until I get to tomorrow's level. But Mm -hmm. there's always another tomorrow. Yep. So I just don't sleep. (laughs) It's a balance of, of... being satisfied, not satisfied, but being content with where you are as far as knowing where you are blessed and then also where you want to go next. So it's kind of trying to balance that. Like, I'm not ungrateful for where I'm at, but I'm striving for more still. And I think that's the what where everybody should be. You ever feel like, 
And just between me and you, mm-hmm. nobody else. Nobody else needs to hear this stuff, bro. But like, yeah. personally, you ever get like, like, it literally depresses me that I I'm not where I want to be, mm-hmm. but it's crazy because where I am, two three years ago, I never thought I'd be there. Right. You know what I mean? So like. I don't know how, like, you keep a, you know, it's hard for me to even really explain it, but like I said, I'm always trying to get to that next level, and when I get to that next level, I haven't even appreciated the fact that I'm at the level. I'm like, all right, what's next? You know what I mean? Like, do you ever feel like that? No, I don't, but I know why. Um, From, I'll say from where I came from, but even, even for you, like you sometimes you got to take a step back and realize like look around and see where you are and and see I'm in Dalton <laughs> Exactly I'm in, I'm in Dalton you Georgia it. you made it to the top you are in Dalton you know how many people wish uh nobody I don't um, even know where so Dalton Georgia is I never heard of it till we got here today um but it's about taking a step back seeing where you came from to where you are now and and um realizing that and then saying okay i got here i can get further but also never um overlooking the blessings that you had today you know what i mean a lot of people overlook the blessings that they have today searching for the one for tomorrow so you never appreciate all the things that you have right in front of you and so I never, I never really feel that way. I know I felt um, motivated to do more, but I've never felt like um, I'm not enough or I'm not good enough or even not, not even that. Just like to the point where it's like, man, for me, it's motivation. You know, like I'll see my friends and they'll be doing movies or they're on TV shows, and I'm like, man, I got it. I could do that. Like that, that should be me. But that just for me is it's a push to do more and it's a push to say you know what if they're doing it i'm not pushing hard enough if they're doing it i'm not um giving enough to to be able to be in those opportunities but that makes me try harder but it's also you know also realizing i'm at a place where most people wish they could be at so you got to take the good with the bad and then move on I think I like I'm at a a real comfortable place and it's it's weird for me because it's the first time I've been in a comfortable place yeah, yeah. to where I could actually just if I just did this I'm still good mm-hmm. like everything's good yeah. and it's kind of weird for me because I've always been in such a hustle that if I didn't bust yeah, my ass you ain't be yeah or you know I might not eat you know what yeah. I mean like when you've lived like I mean you know bro like yeah. when you've lived like every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is whether or not you can pay your bills or whether or not you can eat, and oh, then you yeah. kind of get to a point where you're like, oh, "I'm good. If I don't do anything extra today, I can." Yeah, it's fine. like it's such a weird place for me. Yeah, so it's you like I want to do more. Yeah, you know, but yeah. it, you know, it's like it's different when you when you, it goes from I have to to where I have the option on if right. I want to do more today or not do more today, right. and you know, what I mean, you have to keep motivating yourself as opposed to. Yeah. It's not even a motivation. Like I have to get it done. Like there's no yeah. question about it. If I, I don't get it do done, this. yes. It's, <laughs> and now it's like eh, I could do that tomorrow, or I could do that yeah. next weekend. And it's such a weird feeling for me. But I think that hunger, 
that you had before is also what still feeds you for for now that motivates you to keep going you know like like you said we've been i've literally been through a time where i was at a a dance competition or a battle in dallas i remember it is this and, the time that you forgot to dance the b-boy nah, the b-boy battle you forgot nah, to nah, break nah, down nah, nah. that was in austin and you won that one i, I won this one in dallas <laughs> Um, so this, actually this one in Dallas was the one I decided, even though I had enough to get a hotel there, Mm -hmm. I needed to win that competition or I wasn't going to be able to pay my bills at home. Mm -hmm. And I had just had my, my son Blake and I needed to win that competition. Um, it was a Red Bull sponsored event. The cash was $300, and I, if I didn't win that, I didn't know how I was going to be able to, like, move forward the next until the next time I got any money. Um, but I also decided on that one, I'm going to have fun on this competition. I'm going to just dance, I'm, and I'm going to, you know, just, I'm just let loose. That competition, I won. Not only did I win the money, I inspired, I didn't know this until later, um, I inspired a guy from Dallas that is a huge inspiration to a lot of Dallas people. Um, He said that's the first time he saw me and he he decided that he wanted to dance. And now he's like, like he's one of the best, named John Doe. John Doe? He's one of the best. John Doe? Yeah, John Doe. Like the popper? Yeah, the popper from Dallas. John Doe is a he's beast. Sick. If you don't know who John Doe is, man, get on YouTube. Watch John. If you so if you like dance, because if you don't like dance, you'd be like, I don't know what he's doing. But yeah, popping wise, John Doe is a beast. All right, he's sorry. so Go sick. Ahead. Um, but he told me that on uh on one occasion, I believe, and he was like, he was like, yeah, man, that's when I I decided I wanted to dance and this and that. And I, that was crazy to me. And then um, I also met this dude Zession. Who was uh, he was just starting out? Well, not just starting out, but he was like not really well known. And I was like, dude. And this is just me, like you know, I like seeing new talent. And I was like, bro, you're gonna be so dope. And he still remembers that, I think. And uh, he's with a, a group from Houston now called Havoc Coral, and he travels the world. He's one of the best b-boys in the world. The group Havoc Coro is one of the best groups in the world uh, in the underground b-boy scene. And he's a doctor now. Like, it's crazy just to, to be able to say that. But it came from that competition that I had to win that money. <laughs> or I wasn't going to pay some bills. And I was going to... It wasn't going to be good. Definitely wasn't going to be a good situation. But that's that hunger that keeps me motivated to push and then that same mentality no matter how much money i get or where i'm at in life that's what's gonna keep me to where you know i i'm motivated to to try harder and to do more and to not give up and not be complacent with wherever i'm at but to also still see the beauty in in where what i'm at and and the things that i'm doing yeah, what um, what are you most grateful for, like in your life, to have in your life currently? Um, I don't. I, w- I was gonna say security, but um, just family. I 
I think that's the the best being able to support my family, being able to um, do have fun with them and do things and, and and be able to to you know to provide for them doing something that I love and not being like overly high strung doing a job that I hate. Mm-hmm. I'm utilizing my talents to to do something that. I love and it's providing for paying the bills and and getting everything done. So I think that's it. I don't think people really understand it. And, and, you know, it really depends on the type of person that's listening to this, you know, whether it's, you know, one of your B-boy friends or one of my DJ friends or, you know, just people that just have an eight to five job every day. Um, there's a big difference and it's, I want to say, I can speak for us. There's a big difference for us mm-hmm. to be able to do something that you enjoy, that gives you more peace of mind, that you can't put a price tag on. Right. And, you know, when we talk about how much we struggled or how much we went from having to bust your ass 24 hours a day to get your job uh, to keep the bills paid, it comes from a different place because you might be thinking, well, why don't you just get a, a regular job and then you don't have to worry about that. But that struggle that we went through that kind of gets us to where we're at now to where we could, you know, laugh and have fun and do something that we enjoy on a date. Man, like the mental stress on that is it, a big difference from, you know, when you're kind of when you have our personalities anyway, because mm-hmm. people like us, while we're at an eight to five job we're thinking how can we get out of this eight to five job (laughs) to do what we want to do and we have been blessed enough to get our make our hobbies you know our full-time job and and still have the opportunity to have the time to do what we want to do on our own terms Mm -hmm. um so we can run our business and also have the comfort of being employed um and that's just to give you a little background if you're kind of wondering, like, you know, these guys sound like idiots. Like, I don't know <laughs> why they I mean, just don't get not, why they just don't get a salary job and they could do this and this if they've yeah. done so much. But, I mean. If they were just miserable, it'd be fine. I mean, we have the opportunities to go to travel and, and um, take time off and spend, you know, like Ninja could spend a month with his kid. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole month. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can come home and take a whole month vacation and not do anything. Yep. And and that you know that's kind of like the difference for so like I said if you're trying to really relate to it that's where our mindset is where some of us and me and Ninja I know because you know we've been friends for over 15 years when we're in one place all we think about is being in a a, a freedom space to where we mm-hmm. can do and express ourselves uh, the way we want to. And that's where kind of a lot of that struggle came from. We struggled a lot to be able to get here. Um, and I just wanted to let you know, just in case. Like I said, there's a lot of people that are, you know, either listening to this on the way to work and doing the other thing or, you know, however you, you get your money. You know, I'm not here to judge. You're not saying your way is better than ours or, you know, our way is better than yours. You know, you do what works for you. If you feel good in that comfort zone, stay in your comfort zone. If not... And you feel like, you know, shooting for the moon, shoot for the moon. Like yeah. we did. And and I can say I know a lot of things that I've done, I shot all the way to the top. Like, yo, I'm gonna go for it. You know, let's go try to win America's Got Talent. There's only two hundred thousand people. It. Oh, we're eleven. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, let's 
go travel around the world with, you know, a top tier, you know, group. You know, we've been doing that. Like, let's go to other countries, things like that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do something, you know, do what works for you. And if you're going to shoot your shot, shoot for the top, you know? I don't know. I just had to get that out there. I've been thinking about it. You got to push for what you want. And, you know, everything, everybody's different. You know, I just don't feel like if, if you, you got, you got to be willing to fail if you want to succeed. Right. So if I want to make it doing what I love to do, I got to go through those, those times where I might have to sacrifice. I might fail, you know, but I got to be secure in myself and, and let that guide me to success. And, and that's what thankfully it's done. And, you know, some it ain't for everybody, but I think if you find, like they said, the old old saying, if you find a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So we found something we love and we made that our, our job, our career. And not many people can do that. Not everybody can do that. But if you don't even want to give yourself the shot or the opportunity to be able to do that, um, then I, I feel like you're be old and thinking what if or regret it um and i don't want to do that i utilize my talents to the fullest i heard there was a saying somebody said one time uh when i when i get to god and he he asked me what i use my my talents for i want to say that i i you know gave it my all and and i used it his gifts to the best of my ability uh rather than wasting them so I don't want to waste my talents or what I'm what I'm put on this earth to do, what I feel like I'm put here for. That's crazy, cause like, man, we've been talking forever, and and I I know I want to cut it, cause I don't want it to be so long. But <laughs> there's so much to get into, and like I said, I know you yeah. so well, I could literally talk to you for hours yeah. and hours. And we have plenty of other opportunities, man. But um, if you had to say, like, what was your your probably greatest experience ever traveling um wow greatest experience ever traveling. like it doesn't have to be the best place you've been to whatever um, but i'm just saying like like yeah. when you say like this was man like wow this was what it was all worth well i'll i'll go based off of that um i was actually just thinking of it uh there's a company that not everybody's heard of but people in our field have heard of it Cirque du Soleil um, I had the opportunity to audition for Cirque du Soleil. I auditioned for him twice, um, and I didn't make it the first time. And the, the next time they were having auditions in Orlando, and uh, thankfully to the blessing of uh, my guy Keith, uh, he owns a gym in San Antonio called Champions. Him and his wife. Uh, believed in me enough that they allowed me they didn't even let me pay them back they just gave me money and said here man we want to donate this to you to help you get to Orlando and um an audition for Cirque du Soleil so um I did and man I made it I made uh the cut for Cirque du Soleil and that was to me Cirque du Soleil is like the top of the line you know that's like the best of the best of the best. And the crazy thing about it is I was hurt the whole time. 
I couldn't even do half the stuff that I was able to do. Um, I got hurt a week before it. And so the whole time I'm like, I can't do any like real flips. I can't do um, these power moves that I've been working on and got back. Um, so I just got to kill the choreography. I got to kill the popping and anything else. And um, man, to, to make Cirque du Soleil and be hurt at the same time. Um, so I'm doing like less than 50% of what my skill set is. To me, solidified like it's all worth it. Like everything you've been training for, for just these people to say you're good enough, that made me feel like, man, like what I'm doing is right. All right, man. Uh, where can everybody find you if they want to follow you um, social media wise? Uh, they want to purchase your shirts, uh, all that stuff, man. How can they get in touch with you? You can go to B Boy Ninja Dance on Instagram, B B O Y N I N J A D A N C E on Instagram, and you can uh, follow me on Facebook, Anthony Grant. Um, I believe my picture right now is me in front of the Eiffel Tower. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, B-Boy Ninja Dance for sure. Um, you can message me on there for shirts. You can message me on there for training, on tumbling, cheerleading, dance, anything. Just ask me questions. Um, I, I'm real personable, so feel free. Yeah, man. Um, hopefully by the time that you hear this, uh, you can also get some of Ninja's shirts. Uh, I'll put them on the Tour Beast, the tourbeast.com. So you can shop for them on there and uh, order them if he yeah, has I'm them. I'm trying to sell these shirts, so you got to put me on already. Yeah. If, if he has them in stock out here, uh, we'll ship them to you at the tourbeast.com. That's so, what I do. Okay, so there you go. We'll have those up very shortly. Um so, yeah, that's going to wrap it up, man. I appreciate everyone listening to it. We went extra long, like twice as long, but it doesn't matter because it's funny. And if it's funny, it doesn't matter. That's how I live my life. And uh, shout out to the poor girl that got hit in the head with the truck. Uh, that ninja uh, pretty much, you know, hurt her so feelings. she got hit with a truck? It was a toy truck. Oh, because you, you definitely made it sound like. It was a toy Somebody truck. Somebody got hurt, like, seriously. Injured. She did. She can't on, speak correctly. On, now she speaks like, like now you Doctor Who. Like she was in the hospital. Well, she was. Right now. I think you're making stuff up. No, no, no. You. Sure. She got hit in the head by her brother with a toy truck, See, and now she sounds she like you Doctor Who. got hit by a truck. Like the Queen of like England. she went to ER. Oh, so you got to make fun of her? Like, she sounds like the Queen of England? Yeah. Guy, <laughs> That's what man. happened. She this hit, guy. yeah, and then she kicked you in the butt. She got hit so hard that she. <laughs> if if you're listening and you're the girl that, that sounds like the Queen of England, definitely uh hit me up on Instagram See, so so See. we could uh we could let you lash out on how bad Ninja hurt you emotionally. Cheerio. <laughs> Hashtag tour beast hosted by DJ Gregory Thomas. Oh yeah.